Really? Yeah, that was announced. Uh, oh, I should share the show out. Too. Yeah, he he yeah. hit me with that bombshell when I came in too. Yeah. Uh, well, I am finding out in real the, time here. Here's wow. the picture. Yeah, we are too. Really, you know, I mean, just before we came on air, TM. It was TMZ who broke it. They're the only source right now. There is a local affiliate in Florida that did pick up the news as well, but they're only quoting TMZ. So I'm not really, sh- you know what I mean. Uh, I hope TMZ it's not true. TMZ don't fuck around. Oh, I hope it's not true either. But usually, do TMZ, you know, don't don't when miss it when people die. Like you know? Yeah, yeah. They are like die. the most believable of the like almost paparazzi news sources. Oh, it's definitely not, a paparazzi. Not almost. News yeah, they are straight up paparazzi. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to give them like a little bit of an air of credibility, but yeah, they are paparazzi. There's That's... nothing wrong with paparazzi. Well, There's I'll... a lot wrong with paparazzi. No, I mean in the context of of breaking news, okay? Most of the shit they do, yes, is opportunistic, but it's hard to deny that there is sort of this symbiosis between these pictures that get in these magazines and these stars, you know, they may not want it all the time, but they're cool with it some of the time. So, and I don't give either side of that whole thing a, a break, but when it comes to people passing away, all right, usually these EMTs, you know, they'll just TMZ will just slip them a fucking Venmo, you know, and what does it cost them? A hundred bucks, 50 bucks. What does the EMT care? You know, I don't know. I'm sure that's how it gets out, you know. Just email somebody at TMZ; they got a hotline or something. Uh, but anyway, man, Bob Saget—he was honestly America's dad. Yeah. Okay, I'm not even gonna lie. He was America's dad. Who Arguably was? the Who was? most iconic sitcom dad ever. You know. I mean, now since Bill Cosby Ma- ruined everything that Bill Cosby had going on, especially right? after that. I mean, yeah. I mean, the worst thing you can say about Bob Saget is that he has really crass stand-up, but that's not even really a knock, you know? It's great. It's so good. It's so good. He's also America's favorite uncle in that respect, really. Uh, but yeah, hey, everybody. Sad news. Sorry. Welcome to the pre-show. This is where we talk about what we're going to do in the show. We weren't going to talk about Bob Saget, but it's unfortunate. Uh, TMZ is reporting that, yeah, at 65, Bob Saget did pass away. It's a terrible headline. Passed away in a Florida hotel room. That's usually never great, you know, but benefit of the doubt. You know, I hope, I hope, I don't know. What do I hope? I don't give a fuck. It sucks that he died. No matter how the fuck he died, you know. Anyway, yeah, that's all we got. Oh, hey, Boogie. Thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. He asked me about Transformers. The other day, he said his daughter wants to start reading Transformers. And um, he's like, I was like, oh, do you need copies? He's like, no, I'm going to buy them. And I'm like, geez. He making that oh, wow. talking balls money, though. He making that talking bowl game. Bowl game this year. Got a little bit of extra ducats, I'm sure. Well, all the good Transformers is already all collected out there. so It is. Yeah, that phase two stuff. Yeah, so. Uh, all right, yeah. Uh, one, we got good news. We don't even need a pre-show. It'll be a shocker. Well, yeah, it's time to start anyway. Yeah, yeah it's time to start anyway. Me. Bob Saget took all the, uh, all the beginning. So, I mean, R.I.P. Though, mm-hmm. must see TV. You know, a bunch of goddamn nerds. It's true. Nerds. <laughs> that still cracks me up every time. John Goodman. Who'd have thought?
another episode of this Geek and Comics Outright Geekery's comic book shit talk show. Shit talk show. Gomer Adam Norman Taylor, how's it going, gentlemen? I'm getting by. Morning the, the right loss, here. the reported loss. It'll it might be you know different news by the time we get off the air, but yeah, Bob Saget, that's what everybody's talking about tonight. That that really sucks. Really sucks. That does suck, yeah. Yep. Uh what did I do this week? Fucking nothing. Watched Ozarks uh season one through three, getting ready for Ozark season four. Dope show. Awesome. Mm. It's great. Would you yeah, ask I, anything fun? I mean, I've been snowed in the last yeah. couple of days. It's all it all came, you know, it rained today, so it's all gone now. But yeah. Uh, yeah. For at least two days, I was basically completely snowed in. So yeah, I, I couldn't advantage. have gone to do anything fun, even if I wanted to. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, we got like four inches here, but it was gone. You know, well, I don't know. The day after Friday, I guess we were able to get out, and kick it. Yeah. So I, I took advantage of some holiday sales uh, for games, and I, I played some old nice. video games that were on nice. sale for cheap. You bought some so, games. What you? Yeah, get? I bought some games. So I beat Injustice Two because uh, that was. Like two dollars legit on the PlayStation Store. Oh, man. Um, that sucks, Eli. Oh, that does suck. Thanks for coming by, though. Yeah, man. All of you guys are in Facebook jail for something or other. I don't. Right? I, don't <laughs> I don't even. Dude, I was innocent. All right, I didn't do it. I did not do the crime. I you know, as time. a friend of yours, Gomer, I don't believe for a second that you were actually innocent in this. Rules. I don't even want to talk about what I did. How long ago did Injustice Two come out? Was that like oh, five years dude. ago? That was like five years ago at this point. Yeah, and then yeah. and then uh, I also got uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That was like two That's or fun. three years ago. Yeah, yeah, that was two or three. I got that for Christmas last year, and honestly, probably yeah. the best Star Wars game I've ever played, which yeah, is not a so high far. hurdle to clear. But you know, it's fun. It's basically um, like a FromSoft game, but with Star Wars. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Cool. What'd you do, Taylor? Anything fun? Uh, watched a lot of football today. Uh, oh god! Not that any of you guys care, but the Titans did clinch the number one seed today. Yeah. Ooh. How about this game tonight? And I don't know. I don't follow football. I, I like the Eagles. Once the Eagles won a championship, I was basically done watching sports. Well, the Eagles are in the playoffs. They are, yes. Uh, but how about this thing where if this team ties, like these two teams tie. They both go. What? What is it now? And it's something weird. Like if they tie tonight, they go both go to the playoffs or something. That might be the case. Yeah, because um, they would both have a better record than the next best team at that point. I guess that's wild. It's unlikely to ever come up. But you know, should, why don't they just take a kneel? Bring your fucking Pokemon cards out there and play Pokemon for an hour. Let's do the news. <laughs> Yeah, that'll do it. Stop bullying people, Eli. I mean, if you go to a place called Comic Book Bullies and then you get bullied by them, can you really say that you're not getting exactly what was advertised? They they bait they bait them, they bait them. Uh, we got some pretty good news this week. A lot of X Men again building up to this Destiny. Event. Tons of X Men, man, and we're almost talk always. About- yeah, we're going to talk about a ton of X Men later on, I'm sure. But uh, before all that, image. The Comic Book Workers United uh, have won uh, their election, their union election, Image Comics. For them. The first unionized comic book publisher. And that doesn't mean the creators are unionized. You know, that's still not something that happens. But the administrative people, the PR people, you know, the office guys at uh, Image now have a union. Uh, I mean, this is cool. You know, this is a big thing for. Yeah, I mean, good for them. 
uh, I mean, it's good for them, sure, but it's a bigger thing for the industry. In their uh, statement, you know, the press release after this successful vote, they say, it is our sincere hope that today's win inspires our peers to organize for a democratic voice. All right. CBWU is ready to stand with you to help create a better and more equitable comics industry for all. So this is not the end game. You know, these guys get yeah. together. Oh, um, no, no. This could not. be the start of a snowball. This could this this be put in the door, you know? Yeah, yeah. This this is happening in a lot of industries. You see it happening at Starbucks, uh, you know, and sure. you're even starting to see it in the video game industry uh, now. People trying to unionize. Yeah. So, you know, hey, good for them. I'm all for it. Yeah, my favorite aspect of this is how uh, how unique comics are in this because uh, the work for hire stuff, the contract folks, uh, the under law, they're not even allowed to talk about organizing, you know, because it it's tantamount under the law anyway to profit fixing, right? Which makes sense, you know. I get that. I, I get the angle there, you know, within the context of the system, but. These folks can go on strike once they have enough power, once they have enough organization, they can go on strike and say, no, Disney, no Marvel, no WB, no DC. We are not going back to work until you pay the creators who you are you know, using their creative works in these movies until you redo their contracts. And we talk to them and we get laws changed and we move things along. And I mean, is that a long shot? Fuck yeah, it is. But every shot, you know, that's worth taking is a long shot. And I think that's an important thing. Less I, of a long shot today than it was yesterday. You know? Exactly. Exactly. You know, these think what you want about how contracts are written and stuff like that. Contracts can always be renegotiated. Okay. If we're going to talk about the law and it's unfair. I don't think anybody can argue that it's fair that Disney and you know warner brother at&t at this point make millions of dollars off of these stories and then the creators don't get anything we've always heard these horror stories of shit peter david within the past few years you know five years maybe had a gofundme for his taxes peter david he had a character in x-men movies you know half of the characters in that one story he fucking created them and there's all these stories about these people who created these legendary characters, you know, die and penniless, you know, and. Well, we were just talking about bad ends at the start of the uh, podcast here. Um, The guy who created Thundercats. I don't know much of the details, but I do know that they found his foot before they found the rest of him. Yeah, that's not great. That's not great. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, The NFL playoffs are full of teams. I don't care about if it's another Rogers Brady bull. Fuck that. Uh, Yeah. Uh, no arguments here on that one. I don't know what that means. Oh, um, there are two quarterbacks who... Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's just not worry about it, Gomer. It's going to be the Eagles and the Titans. So my son, my son's a big Titans fan. I'm an Eagles fan. Uh, better news, uh, Image Comics. This is Jeff good Le- news. Jeff Lemire has inked an exclusive deal with Image Comics for upcoming projects. Now, Man, look, at, look at Image doing exclusive deals with people. It sounds weird. It, it's super weird. weird, but hey, you know, it, this is a match made in heaven. Jeff Lemire, all of his creator-owned shit is his best shit, and no, Image yeah. Image is the premier place to go for creator-owned comics. So. There are some caveats here, because the press release came out from Image. Uh, he uh, elaborated on his Substack. You can subscribe to his Substack for free. You don't have to pay, and you can get you know some of this stuff. Sports shit, you nerds. Hey, if you want to do some play or some sports podcasts, I will be the dumbass on the sports podcast. And you could talk about fucking W 
WWF and and all the other yeah, WWF hasn't existed for like twenty years. I don't know. Uh, all right, so he did elaborate. What what this deal really means is that he is done with work for hire comics for the foreseeable future, and that's what he's been doing. All right, what that means is you do work, you send in that work, you get paid. Now what he's doing is he's getting paid and can just do work whenever he wants. So between this and his Substack deal, this dude's banking. All right, this dude's yeah, making his is. money. And that doesn't even include anything that he's doing uh, for the screen. He's writing scripts. Uh, Sweet Tooth was a success. You know, uh, so yeah, he's got a lot of irons in the fire. And he's doing it his own way, which I think is the big takeaway here. Uh, all these creators are doing things different ways. Uh, tiny and left completely the big two isn't even really publishing at any smaller places besides the stuff that's already been coming out well you know for for and a long got... time for a long time now the entire comics industry i think has been creator driven even yeah. even before you know substack and all of that everything was creator driven you went to books because of who was writing it not necessarily you know, it, it hasn't the comics industry hasn't really been the like I'm I'm gonna follow Batman book forever because just because it's the Batman book and that does know? happen. But you're right. Yeah, a lot of times it, Batman makes a writer, and know? so and so yeah, this is just an extension of that now. Um, you so know? you think Image is actually behind, and they're just now catching up with this exclusives thing? Well, no, I'm just saying that this is you know the natural extension of that. Yeah. You know, but. That that image being the creator owned place is now going to start paying to have these creators on their their team, you know. Sure. And it uh, is a great sign for him. I mean, Jeff Lemire is arguably the best writer working today, or at least he's like in the pantheon. He's you know? definitely up there. The greatest writer on the planet. I I would consider him the greatest comic book. Writer pound for pound. Right now. I mean, there's other guys that wink up there, Tiny and included Taylor. You know. They're in there. Uh, so, okay, this does not affect his plans for Black Hammer. Black Hammer is still going to finish. Uh, at... Well, that's the thing, though. It's it's finishing, though. Exactly. So that uh, does that is a change of plans, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. Well, no, no. It was always finishing, though. He oh, was it? that previously in oh, a okay. previous newsletter. Through 22 and 23, Black Hammer Reborn, Madam Dragonfly, and Black Hammer The End will continue as planned through uh, – uh, 2023 man i'm surprised um, and all the new black hammer comics that he has planned for substack which again were already announced he's going to continue to push those through substack and he's also doing fish flies over at substack which so, he's doing the art and the writing for but it's huge it's huge. so if somebody hey, thank you for stopping by wait, wait. Yeah, if somebody down the line were to try to adapt some Black Hammer material for tv or movie or what have you um i guess they'd have to go straight to jeff lemire then right uh, say point, again. I'm sorry. Say that. Ask that again. I don't want to mess up the answer. If someone were to adapt Black Hammer into other media, they go straight to Jeff Lemire for that, right? They Yes, he owns that. That was always his, um, even with his deal with um, Dark Horse. They were just publishing it. They didn't have anything. You know, that's how most of the shit at Image Comics works, too. Mm -hmm. You know, they own their shit. However, Image just has this in-house set of fucking amazing people who have made these ins with different, you know, people in Hollywood to where why would they go anywhere else? These are just folks like you and me who do a book at Image Comics and then 
Bob Kirkman, you know, who's your your guy in your department, calls you and says, hey, somebody says they want to do a shit of your a thing of yours. What are you going to do? Go shop it around now? You know what I mean? So Image, I think, is doing the right thing. Picking up Jeff Lemire sets, in my opinion, a precedent where. All right. And hear me out because I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. We already know oh, what we already know what Image Comics is picking up in terms of licensed shit. The Trover shit. There's a couple of other things that we mentioned. Transformers are in trying. the context of picking up Hasbro properties. Jeff Lemire, Transformers or GI Joe? I want him on Transformers. He would do better on GI Joe. He would do better on GI Joe. Yeah. Honestly, he'd do well on whatever you put him on. But that is an interesting <laughs> idea. It I is. mean. He should do both if they have. Oh, get both. he should do the crossover, the Shioli style crossover. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Eli. Uh, wouldn't Lemire get hella paid if Gideon Falls or Black Hammer movies get made? Gideon Falls and Black Hammer are both in discussions right now for different projects. Gideon Falls, I think, is already optioned for a series. It might be a movie, but I think it's a series. And Black Hammer, uh, we don't know anything specific, but uh, Jeff Lemire has says that people are looking at Black Hammer. That leads me to think it's like going to be an animated thing. Those, I think, would both do better as shows than movies. I don't know, dude. Gideon Falls would make for a really cool movie, dude. You know? I mean, just because it's long form doesn't mean it has to be, you know, long form. fair enough. Yeah, they could but, trim it down, but yeah, they could trim it down. Uh, unless nobody sees them since they ain't Disney shit. Yeah, right. Man, I hate that. You've been hanging out with fucking Leroy too long, dude. Don't let Leroy fucking fool you that nobody is seeing anything but Disney shit. All right. Everybody is seeing other shit. Uh yeah, so there, yeah. are, there are other streaming services. Yeah, so. there's other everything. So yeah, great for Jeff Lemire. I cannot wait to see what he's doing next. Uh we know that next big project, Mythos or whatever it's called, you know, that's coming out. Uh, anyway, timeless but, number one. Oh, go ahead. Speaking of Jeff Lemire, though, <laughs> man. Speaking of him doing Transformers, I just want to see him attempt to draw a Transformer. I just want to see what that looks like, because it would look weird as fuck. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I want it in a book because it yeah. probably look too weird as fuck. The, I want to see at least one picture of a Transformer. What's the uh, drawn by What's Jeff the Lemire. book where Megatron goes to the uh, Junkion planet and meets the Quintesson and it's uh, mon- monstrosity. That that art is kind of Lemire esque. That was uh, that was Guido Livio Remondelli. No, well, was it Livio? Well, they have yeah, a similar Livio. understated style. I can actually see Lemire drawing like Joe characters a bit more. Oh, like, for I can sure. See yeah. Joe oh, for sure. And I don't want him. To I'd do love to art. see a snake eyes. I don't you know? want him to do art unless he. You know what I mean? I don't want him to do. No, oh, he is. I, no, no, I, I just want to see the Transformer just for the oddity of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, he is a way, way better writer than he is an artist, but he ain't shabby as an artist. He does have a very unique his, style, and yeah, it would be cool to see. Art, it works. It, it would be cool to see like an outlandish character, like sure. a Transformer, drawn in his outlandish style. Sure, sure. Yeah, this is a guy who would never have to write again. He could just take, you know, commissions if he, you know, I'd, I'd pay him to to draw me something. Anyway, moving on. Timeless number one. Did anyone else read this? It was a big ad for what Marvel's got coming in the next year. Uh, The biggest takeaway uh, was Miracle Man coming to uh, the Marvel Universe. Miracle Man is a character that's only interesting because of legal copyright bullshit. And Alan Moore. I feel like they try to make (laughs) Miracle Man a thing every five to ten years. and, And he never becomes a thing. It's true. Because the only yeah. thing that makes Miracle Man interesting is that Alan Moore wrote him. 
It's Alan so Moore, far from being Alan Moore's best work, though. The thing about it is, it's almost part of. If you're a sorry, I'm a devotee of it's Alan a, it's Moore. A, yeah, it's a, it's about the myth of Alan Moore. You know, exactly. you, can, you can really see him develop as a storyteller yes. during that run. That's yeah, what this it's really early, more about. This is some of his early, early stuff. shit. Which, he, which he, by he, way, you should really watch, well. or you should really read that uh, Alan Moore captain britain run gomer because that is no i've read that okay you did read that yeah i've read everything alan moore has done i've i've read yeah it's good too it's good too it doesn't feel like a marvel book no it doesn't not at all but uh yeah this is really early alan moore miracle man where he you know deconstructed a character uh before he did watch before he did swamp thing before he did anything you know where he was doing his thing um but yeah, we'll see what happens. Miracle Man, I feel <laughs> I like know. as a story, just is noteworthy because of like the spectacle of it, right? The yeah. hyper violence <laughs> on display. There's yeah. nothing particularly noteworthy about it beyond that. I mean, it'll, it'll be it'll be like any other time Marvel tries one of these special characters. You know, he'll be a, he'll have a hot number one. He'll be cool for with about 50 a year. Fifty fucking variants, right? He'll be cool yeah. for about a year, and then he'll fizzle out, just like Conan. And then he'll just... join. No, and then he'll join some fucking team where he'll, yeah, he'll be, be all nerfed. The Marvel. And who cares? Who cares? Like yeah, yeah. Gunless Punisher. He's got swords, Eli. All right, he's got ninja swords, dude. I can't wait. Eli is gonna. He has been bitching about this new Punisher since it was announced that book's gonna come out from jason aaron and you're gonna fucking love it i mean it's a jason aaron written punisher book so i got high yeah. hopes for it honestly me too me too i don't um, think i'm gonna get it i don't care about the punisher but yeah know. oh no i'm definitely i'm definitely getting it uh more marvel news they announced judgment day uh really it's just a teaser avengers they're still X-Men they're eternals. still trying to get make eternals a thing man uh, uh, uh. Okay, I will say though there is a natural source of conflict between the Avengers and the Eternals right now because they are hanging out in the corpse of their god as their home base right now. I kind of like that. I kind of like that a lot. Uh, and, I don't know and how then, the X Men get involved. There is a natural tie with the X Men. I would say just just from the style of the book that Eternals is. Eternals really gives off a knockoff X Men vibe when you're reading the book. Yeah. Just how it's designed um, with. Yeah, you know, it has those paragraph breaks, like the X Men books have, where it just it does. Yeah, it's like it's, it's not. Oh yeah, it's it's the damn fucking. I don't it's know. The world telling you stuff. And shit and, right. Like there's an ad for a lawyer in this week's X Men. You know, for a space lawyer. That uh, was the same, uh, or very close to the space lawyer ad from New Mutants way back when Hickman was writing it. Exactly, yeah, it yes, is very yeah. close. Yeah, uh, I love this cover to X Men number nine because it feeds right out of Inferno, or you know, at least the cover does. Uh, I mean, that dude to the left there uh, is that's the the Mars dude, right? The Phobos guy, right? The one sitting down. No, the dude behind him. I think that might be that might be a. Oh God! What was his name? Um, oh, I don't even remember. Doctor Human. Doctor Human. That's all I know. He's a human guy. He loves humans. He he's badass. He's more badass than Tony Stark was in the Avengers when Hickman was writing him. <laughs> Fay Long was the guy's name. Yeah, Fay Long. Oh Fay yeah, Fay Long. He's badass, dude. All right, uh, that was kind of our lead into X Men. Destiny of X is still on the way. Yeah, I, it appears that it might already be here with. Uh, Inferno ending this week, and uh, I don't know the amazing X Men number, whatever it was this week six, I think. Oh, Jesus, awesome! Uh, yeah, it was but six. 
Uh, first up, uh, in with the new, but we're learning more and more about the old. Hickman had plans for Storm and T'Challa that Marvel did not. Baby. They were going to have a baby. Did not allow because of their plans for Black Panther. Their space plans for Black Panther kind of sucked. So I really wish they would have let him do this. Uh, Bendis is quoted as saying in an interview, the first one was going to be when Storm is screwed up and injured. And when Jean and Emma come out of the, come out of the psychic rescue. Remember that from the one shots? I do remember that. Yeah. That was pretty, uh, that was a, those, all those one shots. That one was one of the better ones. Honestly, Agreed. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was all but, Russell's Otterman art. It was fantastic. Yes, it's fantastic. Yeah, so what's the complaint, right? Yeah. Well, they were going to find out that she was pregnant and didn't have a mutant virus, techno-mutant virus. Oh, they really changed that then. Uh, and she was pregnant with her and T'Challa's kid. And then, this is the best part, and then the next couple of issues would have had her having to go into the world and having the kid, and the kid would be raised in the world. So it would be this heir to two kingdoms. Right. And it had come out, you know, aged as an adult. And didn't know his mother or his father and would come out not knowing what was going on. Presumably he'd be a mutant too. He'd be a mutant and a Wakandan. Yeah. Heir to the throne of Wakanda, but also, I don't know. I mean, the direction they took Storm would is fucking great. Uh, Hickman goes on, but you would have gotten a whole bunch of stuff coming out of the world that would have crashed into all of that. And the reason why we didn't do that is because Marvel had other Black Panther plans that got pushed in. It also sounds kind of reminiscent to other characters that they've done in the past. I mean, there have been other characters that have been like lost in time. And well, Hulkling did that. that was his Hulkling he didn't did know that. who he was. Uh, you, know. you remember, remember Naomi Dimension Z, Dimension Z uh, with Casket? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, yeah, certainly I like. Remember, that's remember. I love that shit. Bringing so in the character's kid and then aging them up. Yeah, that's been done a million times before. But it occasionally works out kind of well, you know? The whole You're thing we wrong. have with Tom Taylor Superman right now, yeah. that's an well, example of it done pretty that well. Out, that worked out eventually. Fair enough. It was garbage at first. Yeah. yeah, that was dog shit for a while. But then, hey, you hand it to a good writer, and all of a sudden, wow, this is pretty cool. Right, you can, you yeah. can make any bad idea good eventually. It, depending on who you oh sure a bad idea can get fixed by another writer for sure uh but they didn't want to go in that direction this is the uh, the craziest part to me russell was already halfway through drawing the book so all that stuff in those giant size books all of those changed on the fly which is why it's a little bit of a mess damn right like this is supposed to this is where they go into uh storms like subconscious right and it was supposed to mirror like the spirit world that T'Challa of Wakanda that T'Challa goes to. It was supposed to mirror that. And I mean, there's the obvious, you know, birth, fertility, you know, going on with this big, massive tree, you know. Uh, and this too, too, you know, with the fertility, you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's really weird how things happen, dude. I'm sorry. If I was Hickman, I'd be fucking pissed. How the fuck does an editor not let you get this story? when your artist is halfway through the fucking book, how are you, you know, I'd be pissed too. I'd have fucking left too. If I had a Substack gig, that's bullshit, man. That is some bullshit. That is bullshit. Although I am curious, like why do two powerful telepaths have to go into your mind to let you know that you are pregnant? That seems like the, the least effective man, way. They're I don't, extra. They're I don't extra. think it was to they find can't out do that anything the easy way. I think she was still sick. If you remember, she did have to go into the world to get healed from the techno virus. Or something. She had to go somewhere. To some something. fucking thing. Yeah. yeah, they went into the world for some reason. She was still gonna have that techno virus, but also be pregnant. It was gonna be both those things. Okay. Yeah. So, 
I mean, but anyway, Storm is really kicking ass. Uh, so we got more word, more books. We were right. Uh, X Men Red. Well, I say we. It was fucking Adam. Adam was fucking right. X Men Red. Al Ewing, Stefano Caselli, uh, and X Men Red number two. They drop on April sixth and April twenty seventh. We'll deal with both the promise and the threat that Arako represents to the Marvel Universe, which is thrilling for me. We got to meet a new Arakian mutant this week, and then he immediately was murdered. But Spoiler he was alert. cool. He was cool while he was there for a minute. For one second. For the one panel he was fucking there. Yeah, these warrior mutants are kind of neat. It is interesting to see that other perspective. And it did establish Fei Long as pretty badass that he just fucking jobbed him so easy. He did, I get. Yeah, it was a real easy job, though. Anyway, uh, in X-Men Red number one, it asked the question, who can save the Red Planet? The mutants of Morocco spent millennia scarred by war. But on what... Uh, on what was once called Mars, they're learning to live in peace. Storm knows the Red Planet needs something greater than a queen. But Abigail Brand has other plans. I was about to say, like, the way this image is set up and knowing what we know now, that absolutely looks like Abigail Brand is the villain of this book. Yeah, I mean, that's she great. definitely is. She has to be. The thing about it is she doesn't care about the machines and she doesn't care about the humans. She just basically cares about Earth. Mm-hmm. And she sees yeah, and I think that, and Arako as a threat. To I her. think that makes it a rather fascinating place for her character to be. It's like she's not Agreed. like a villain in a traditional way, but she doesn't give a shit about mutants, humans, machines, or any of this other bullshit. They're all just earthers to her. She said so herself. Yeah. It's really like I'm, this Nick Fury vibe to it. You know, I'm really excited for this book because you know, uh, and I'm really excited now for Destiny of X overall because it the whole first wave that we've seen so far, it's all been set up. And now this book feels like it's really, they're really going to delve into the story of Arako now. Yeah. They're done setting up the sword station. They're done setting up uh, Storm's Queen. You know, they're done setting up all of the shit. We know who all the sides are. We know Storm's on one side, Abigail Brand's on the other side. We know all the players. And now shit can actually happen. Yeah. I mean, it's a te- it's a testament to how good of a writer Al Ewing is that basically his entire sword run has been tie-ins yeah. and setup, no, often simultaneously. That and it's still run, so good. That sword run has a lot in common with Hickman's X-Men run because both of those Agreed. books were entirely set up and they were almost all of them were like one shots. Yeah, yeah. I mean Hickman's whole run on the X-Men was really nothing but um world building. Uh, another book we're getting is Legion of X. If um, the X-Men Red is the diplomacy, you know, in this wild new place. This is the Legion pretentious of X, book that's up its own ass. This is going to... Yeah. No, this, it is Cy Spurrier, yes. It is Jan Bowser. This Stewart is a this art. is basically a continuation of his uh, Way of Way X of that X. he did last summer, which was okay. And Adam's yeah. right. It disappeared up its own ass on more than one occasion. Uh, this seems like it's going to be a little bit of a different take to me. Uh, here's a, a bit of it. The remain to remain a mutant sanctuary, Krakoa must safeguard itself against those who would damage its peace or traumatize its people. The lost must be found and the wicked must face redemption or retribution. Uh, I don't know, man. This seems like it's going to be a different book than that. And it's got juggernaut in it. I'm really stoked about it. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a team book with Juggernaut and a Nightcrawler in it, so it's yeah. going to be awesome. Like, Dr. Nemesis yeah. is cool. Blindfold is coming I'm, into the I'm fold. I'm interested in it. Legion's in it, so... Yeah. 
I so, loved his Legion in uh, Way of X. That was my favorite character from that book. And Nightcrawler's always been one of my favorite characters in general. Um, even Dust, I see there. She was in the book for like five minutes. She was pretty good in that. Well, Blindfold. I mean, Dust. Well, no, they're calling her Blindfold in the solicit. That's a different character, but whatever. Um, uh, well, is there a Blindfold in any of these pictures? That's, I think that's who they're talking about, right? Whatever. Well, yeah, you're um, right. No, no, you're right. I'm just trying to make sure that I've got my info right. Maybe Marvel fucked it up. All I'm, no, I'm with you. But, though. Yeah, like Way of X too. was there was a lot to like about it, but it did kind of get all pretentious and flowery at points, and it, it was it became a bog to read. Yeah, Overall, it really it really just depends on what take this book goes in, you know, which I'm direction saying. it yeah. goes in. Yeah, it, it does. I, I can kind of get down for maybe Nightcrawler leading sort of a, a mutant inquisition squad a little yes bit. that exactly that would be pretty awesome notes. that could be cool that's exactly what's in my notes dude i liked way of x enough to give this a shot but i have tempered expectations for it i mean nightcrawler's still on the quiet council yeah. we know how um, ruthless they are we know now that he knows the big secret everybody on the council now knows the big secret so i mean who knows this is what destiny of x i think is all about that last fucking page of because if you look at all of the table's books, set now and now it's time for everybody to to play to eat you know? exactly if you look at all of these books there is somebody on the quiet council like on all these teams there is somebody who knows what's actually going on at the head of all of these teams so i don't know uh all right we got no more marvel shows so we're talking book of boba fett we got two episodes because we skipped last week because of uh, well, we had the best of twenty. Yeah, we did our year interview you know, stuff. Uh, this show mostly so far has been dances with Tuscan Raiders. It's but, dances, yeah. dances. Yeah, but, but, in my notes, but you, dances but with you know, I've I've been okay with it. Uh, you know, Star Wars has never been original ever. A anybody who ever tells you that they're wrong, that it's always just ripped off plots from other older yeah movies. kurosawa and, movies and, and countless and other things star wars has yeah. been better off because of it so i'm not angry about it it's been pretty awesome so far uh that's pretty cool we get black uh whatever black santi i always call him black santi Karshistan yeah. or something he met, Chris, that, that, Chris that, that makes our uh, that makes our darth vader number ones worth a little yeah bit my more. darth vader Hell number yeah. one's up 60 percent so uh <laughs> there's also a star wars number i think it's eight cover that he's on there fighting uh obi-wan which mm -hmm. is amazing. That's that's gone up sixty percent. So uh, yeah, keep your eyes on there. Uh, my favorite part of this was this monster right here. Oh yeah. Uh, well, Robert Rodriguez directed that movie, so I yep. guess he decided to give the Spider Monkey from Spy Kids two a call. <laughs> uh, uh, my favorite part about this was when uh, Boba kills this monster, and the little kid takes credit for it. That happened before in Star Wars, where uh, somebody killed a monster and got zero fucking credit for it. Well, the chief didn't on knew, Tatooine. right? Like he, knew. yeah, the chief knew what was up. The chief knew. Yeah, Black Cranston. Is that how you say it, Cranston? I thought it started with a K. I'm certain that's it. It starts with like three fucking Ks. That might be how you pronounce it. That might be the phonetic. Yeah, that spelling. might be how you pronounce it. <laughs> Cranston sounds yeah, like cool um, study hall. We, study it, study I feel like it's been a while since we got like a cool new Star Wars creature. And so, yeah, this one was pretty rad. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. But, yeah, I've enjoyed this to start off with. It's definitely the same vibe as Mando. It's yeah. very thoroughly in the spinoff realm so far. But 
Yeah, it's got interesting politics. Um, I'm enjoying uh, Boba Fett's dances with uh, Tuscan Raiders, which I never thought of it in that way before, but that it is pretty spot on. Um, yeah, the whole uh, scene in the second episode where they're doing the uh, speeder chase with the train, that was a cool action set piece. Yeah. Totally, so yeah, yeah, I'm very awesome. I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, I, I do. I do. I am much more interested in the the future parts of it than the past parts of it. Because I do know that the past parts of it is all just dances with Tuscan Raiders. It does um, seem so like he's he's now at the place where he was when we first saw him in Mandalorian. So I don't right. know if we're going to continue doing that much I more. Agree, like, uh, I, uh, okay, uh, Mandalorian, right? The Mandalorian. It was a fucking Star Wars Western period. Yeah. That's what this is. It's another yeah, Star that's, Wars that's Western. Exactly what it I'm is. okay with that. It's got a yeah. different tone. It's got a different take. It's the bandits. Taking I'm just saying of the town, you know what I mean. I, and I'm more, I'm more interested in that part yeah, of it than the than the Tuscan Raider part of it. So I think that's going to come I, together. I think it it's will, it will eventually, together. right? I, I would all imagine as the show goes, the Tuscan yeah. Raider parts will fade away, and then the. I mean, what's going to happen there? Is Boba going to murder those motherfuckers? Are they? Gonna oh, of course, he's going to he's going to murder those two huts. Yeah. <laughs> Smiling Vader meme. I figured the next pass thing we'll see is him rescuing Finnick because that all happened before we caught up with him again. But I can't yeah. think of much else they need to cover before we just like plop into where we caught up with him in a well, Mando. How many episodes? Yeah, we're definitely this there. I think six. I think it's six. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So we're probably through. there. Yeah. And it's, and this is sh- that first episode, Stranger in a Strange Land, short as fuck. I was like, oh, what? Super short. Uh, the next one. Uh, uh, best part about that, though. Best part about that, though. They followed Patton Oswalt's. Uh, yeah, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec thing yeah. to the T. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like it. I think it's fun. Yeah, uh, it's been pretty rad. Going to be mob enforcers for the uh, the fence uh, syndicate. That would be uh, pretty cool. I could definitely see him using them to that extent, but I mean, does do the Raiders even give a shit about any of that? You know what I mean? Well, that's why he's calling it his blood debt, you know? Uh, yeah, sure. It's interesting. Either way, you know, it, it's good watching. I don't give a fuck. Anytime you can visit the, the Star Wars universe, it's a good fucking time, you know? Uh, we'll talk about episode three next week, but now... Mmm, yummy. It's a huge week for food news. Uh, cakesters are coming back. That's the nastiest one you're going to get. Uh, these are Oreo cakesters. Disgusting. They're just gross. Uh, they're actually bringing them back at the Blockbuster in Boise or whatever. Oh, okay. Whatever. There's still an open Blockbuster in Boise? Yeah, it's the last yeah. one. It's the last, the last one. one, yeah. There's a documentary on Netflix called The Last Blockbuster. You should check it out. It's worth I watching. thought the last one was like in Oregon or Alaska. Somewhere. Oh, maybe it is Oregon. Uh, Bend, you're right. Bend, Oregon, not Boise, Idaho. It's all the same to me, Pacific Northwest. Just kidding, guys. Oh, fuck you, people of Idaho. Tales from Java's Palace has a story of Fett surviving the Sarlacc. Yes, that's uh, uh, Peter David, no? Tales of Java's Palace. Anyway. Uh, yeah, cakes are coming back now. A little bit other news. Turkey Hill has a mystery flavor fucking ice cream. You buy this ice cream for $4. You try it. You scan that thing with your phone. You guess. If you guess, you can win ice cream for life. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's the most ridiculous. How thing how seen. close do you have to get? What do you mean close? You got to nail because, it because because they have very specific weird names for some of these ice creams. It's not just chocolate. oh no, it's not like a Ben and Jerry's. Flavor it's not just where... chocolate. It's it's <laughs> it's Dutch chocolate chip 
You know, it's uh, there's always like three different parts of the name. Oh, okay. It was an anthology. I will start off though by saying I have never heard of Turkey Hill ice cream before. Oh, I've never Turkey, heard of Turkey Hill is Hill out of the Northeast. Either. They're now owned by the Kroger company. You've heard of Kroger. Well, okay. I imagine they'll start in, having it yeah, down here then. Yeah, they're in Kroger's. Uh, but the actual food news is a double dose of Taco Bell, a follow-up to a previous story we had on here. Oh, Rumor has it that the Mexican pizzas will be coming back. Thank God. In 2020, uh, Taco Bell revamped their menu, uh, simplified things, uh, but they got rid of the Mexican pizza because they said it costs too much to the environment. It costs too much to make the paper. Fuck the environment, okay? Uh, thanks, Eli. Thank it's you for TMI, sharing. Yeah. TMI, I want my bro. shitty double tostada. Uh, as we're talking about Taco Bell. Uh, so, yeah, they said it was too much waste, that it was bad for the environment. Come on, man. That is a, a very noble reason. But when 10 different fucking companies that don't have a retail service are bigger polluters than 90% of the people on the planet Earth, fuck, give me a Mexican pizza. All right. What they should do is create a Mexican pizza storage thing so I can just bring my own. So here's my Mexican pizza plate and they hand it back to me through the window. Uh, but the actual news, taco dirty, lovers. That'd be pass. some dirty ass Mexican pizza plates. I'm gonna clean mine. I will Man, clean you're mine. going to get your bunch of you, taco. You are gonna clean yours, but most there'll be a lot of people <laughs> yeah. who don't. Yeah. Man, when you you know what you're in for when you go to Taco <laughs> exactly. Bell, you are not concerned about the sanitation. <laughs> yeah, dude. Don't kid yourself. Yeah. Uh but uh yeah, dude, no shit. Bring back the seven layer burrito. I think you can actually order it. You just can't say give me a seven layer burrito. You have to say give me a burrito a la carte and it doesn't cost you like eight dollars for Jeez. a burrito. Uh anyway. Joining Netflix, joining Hulu, joining every fucking company on the planet, Taco Bell launches a $10 a month taco subscription service. <laughs> Do you every get all the day, tacos you want? Every day for 30 consecutive days for $10, you can get a taco exclusively on the Taco Bell app. Just, just one taco? One taco a day. All right, so how is that worth it? Yeah, how much do you have to go back and you're assuming you're just getting the tacos and not getting like the drinks and the other things they're probably thinking you are going to get before this actually becomes worth it? Yeah, now there's several different things on there that you can. It's not, it's just not a taco. It's a crunchy taco, crunchy taco supreme, soft one item, right? Soft taco supreme, spicy potato soft taco for the vegans. It's still though, just, just one taco that's not worth it. Yeah. And the Doritos Locos and Doritos. No, Locos nobody Tacos. goes to Taco Bell for one taco. I mean, all right. How about this? And if you actually are going every out. day for 30 days, you are yeah. going to fucking die. Hear me out. If you are working for a company like DoorDash and you're going to Taco Bell every day anyway, that makes maybe. Sense. Maybe, maybe. maybe. That's the no, only no, way I can rationalize. You get this. your you get your free taco for lunch or something between stops <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But uh. yeah, I like Taco Bell too, Eli. I could eat Taco Bell every day. You should not eat Taco Bell every day. <laughs> no, but I could eat Taco Bell every day. I don't know. Maybe if May I did, God eat Taco have Bell mercy every day on your a, soul. Exactly, man. exactly. That's what I'd be begging for. Uh, so yeah, that's a great idea, albeit a bit of a disgusting one. 
yeah, right. No, they're not. None of that good high dollar shit is in there. They do have the the vegetarian one though, the potato, the spicy potato soft taco. And I've heard yeah. that's actually not bad for you. Man, get out of here with that speaking. shit. A, anything from Taco Bell is bad for you. And B, <laughs> why the fuck would I want this like the shittiest version yeah. of a case? Yeah. Uh we do not have a moment of destruction this week. No, we don't. But we will I'm mention kidding. that this man, Chris Cox. Uh, is new is the new chief executive officer of Hasbro effective February 25th. Uh, he currently serves, and this is really telling, uh, serves as the president and chief operating officer of Hasbro's Wizards of the Coast gaming division. Ooh. Wizards has had Dungeons and Dragons has had the best year they have had since there's been Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> well, I mean, um, everybody has been locked inside recently. So. It's true. Dungeons yeah, it is a great uh, game to play when you're locked inside. And yeah. even before the pandemic, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons has like moved out of just like the nerd exclusive realm, you know? It really has. Uh they're pushing movies, you know, there's a magic movie, there's a a, a new Dungeons and Dragons movie. Uh Hasbro's definitely been on the G.I. Joe and Transformers front in terms of movies, so uh on a side note is this not the greatest fucking job in the world this guy's getting that is pretty cool Fuck him, man. and i do have to ask though is he the guy who f- came up with the idea to uh make D books in the magic the gathering setting and to make like D characters onto magic cards because if he was the first guy to think about that he is definitely trouncing his predecessors yeah, because apparently yeah. he never <laughs> he thought of definitely that. earned the role. Yeah, if that's what he was doing. Those cards made a shit ton they of They left money. some low-hanging fruit for him to pick, I guess. Yeah. Uh yeah, so good for him. What a great gig, you know. He gets all the new toys like before they come out. What are you doing? Playing Magic the Gathering and making like twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> Playing Magic the Gathering with like Unicron. Man, I wonder if there's, like, somebody who works at, like, Wizards who has, like, the whole Maximilian Pegasus thing going on where he has, like, these broken-ass cards that only he can use. Yeah. (laughs) That's one of the perks of being the CEO. No one beats my ass. I play, I win. I just win the game right now. Right. Tap one land, any color, you know? Let's, let's Let's do comics. I'll go first this week. Uh, I've got a great honorable mention. Uh, but before I get into that, does anyone want to mention anything from last week? Um, I mean, besides the, the Green Hell book. Green Hell was the definite winner last week. Um, wonderful book. Devil's Reign number two probably would have been my second just because it was a pretty thin list. But last it, was, week was just, it was just okay. It was a transition yeah. issue, you know? It definitely was. I was not impressed with Devil's Reign number two. It was good, but it wasn't great. Um, but yeah, this book, this is the real deal. Jeff Lemire, we were just talking about him. Uh, probably his last book that he'll do at either Marvel or DC. Oh, just I guess uh, that spec value just got up too, man. Exactly. We are, we are doing that's, well for ourselves. Tonight. That's why I wanted to to mention it. Uh, but uh, honorable mention, uh, Superman Son of Kal-El number six was hot, but I wanted to mention a book called The Fourth Man. Hey, that's one of my honorable mentions. The, dude, this book was great, and I'll say why it was cool. in a moment, uh, why I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's an int- it's Jeff McCombsy and Mike Diodato with Lee Ruffridge doing colors. This is the Raza cover here. We we 
went on about this during the preview show last week. It was really fun cover, but it's an interesting Harborough crime comic. It's centering on an overarching story, but it's only giving us a single point of view for each of the four issues. Right. The, the framework is that there are three people that are dead in the city morgue. The cops come and they look at a body and the book is the story of how how that that body got to the morgue. Yeah. Yeah. How that person became a body. Uh, it's really interesting, but the art for me is is really interesting. Who is this? Oh, I forgot his name, but I, I have the other ones. I mean, you have Paul Giamatti in here. This is Paul Winfield. Uh, he was in The Terminator, also in Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Captain, what's his name? Yeah, you have Paul oh, yeah. Giamatti in here. You have uh, Ed Harris. James Khan. No, I thought it was James Khan. It might be Ed Harris, but I thought I think it's we... Ed Harris. The, like, yeah, there's the, Paul uh, Giamatti. The guy He's in the car the... that threatens paul giamatti uh oh yeah uh that's Morgan totally Freeman, pretty pretty easy there you don't even need a a look right my, uh, my favorite is bill paxton yeah regina king i'm sure i'm sure right there's here. an issue devoted entirely around the bill yeah. paxton character that's james Conn. that's who i thought i'm not talking I... about that guy i'm okay. talking about uh the enforcer dude in the car who goes through the building yeah, and very sneaks sad around. Nathan. Very sad. And then beats the earlier. Sorry, Adam, go ahead. He goes through the building and he sneaks around and he sneaks up on Paul Giamatti. And then he is like, if I ever see you again, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. That guy, that's Ed Harris. Oh, it was wild, dude. It was wild. I mean, I don't know what to think about this. I'm all good with photo reference, but this seems almost like. It, I mean, it, come it on, is. it's, that's it's the really same weird. Fuck, he got that from this fucking movie from Terminator. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's Paul Winfield and fucking Terminator right there. I mean, if it's meant to be a gag and not just something where it's like he was hoping you wouldn't notice, no, I no, feel like there's uh, a few sure, different things. Sure, yeah. no, it's definitely noticeable. It, there's well, no well, if you if you read in the back, they have little yeah. uh, things from the creators, and he straight up says, "Like, oh no, I straight up casted this like from a movie. I picked these oh, actors that's cool. purposefully." That's it, it's cool. it's like an Alex Ross thing, you know. He does the same thing. He picks models and people that he knows that he casts the characters as, and that's what he draws them. Yeah. So, uh, I don't so know. It's that is, that it, is... it, it it has a cool vibe to it. It, it does. reminds me a lot of like. Fargo a little bit. It's um, fun. It's really cool. It's, yeah, it's a uh, small town crime with people who are just in way over their heads. If yeah. they ever, I guess, did adapt this, it'd be interesting to see how many of these people they right. can get to play the parts right. they were cast in. Right. Ed um, Harris is probably a little too old to play the guy that they have. Yeah. Yeah, these are definitely those folks in their fucking prime. I mean, this movie was 40 fucking years ago. It's Terminator. <laughs> yeah, he ain't, he ain't. I don't even know if Paul Winfield's still alive, you know? <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, I'm anxious to see where it goes, you know, if they can pull it off at the end and make it actually count, you know what I mean? Because, you know, there's going to be a connection here. That's going to be really interesting. So, uh, but my, uh, number three is dark Knights of steel. Number three, Tom Taylor. And yes, that's an honorable mention for me. Yeah. It continues to be uh, a new classic. I think it's destined to be a new classic. Uh, it's game of Thrones. With DC characters, and that shit is just fucking genius. Look, we got a nice ship. Everybody gets murdered in here, but so yeah, um, yep, Superman's sister going around here just fucking people just up, murdering. It's a, yeah. definitely a setting that is just begging to be merchandised. 
Oh, they're uh, an there's animated movie. If there's not an animated movie planned by the time this hits issue eight, I will be very, very surprised. Ex- exactly. This is perfect for an animated movie, dude. Perfect. WB doesn't have to worry about stepping on Game of Thrones. They own Game of Thrones. This is perfect, dude, for an animation. So uh, that's my number three. Go ahead, Adam. Uh, yeah, like I said before, honorable mention, The Fourth Man, number one. It's just a cool little crime story. It's fun. Um, the art did throw me off too, but I caught I, it immediately. I was okay with it. I, I caught was, it. Immediately. I caught it immediately too. I was like, Paul fucking Giamatti. Yeah, it's, it's Paul Giamatti in your face, and it's, yeah. he's pretty yeah. recognizable. Yeah. Um, but my number three was Superman, Son of Kal El, number six. That nice. was my number three um, as well. Nice, nice. You know, uh, this was just uh, honestly, this was just an okay issue of this book. Um, but it was still an okay issue of this book is still pretty damn good. Um, yeah, it's kind of got that Pixar thing going where like their mediocre ones are still better than most other stuff. For sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, I had some fun character interactions in this. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed the whole Damien thing. Yeah. I was about Uh, to mention that that was my favorite part of the book was, uh, uh, john's interaction with damien in this book and speaking of editors uh, i caught earlier that when this book was originally drawn the uh guy who drew it he john drew Timms. It, yeah john Timms. he drew it as uh tim drake not damien as the robin in there and they had to go in and last minute and fix every panel and the make quote it, was they got it fixed it plenty of time there wasn't any you know big big problem there him getting it fixed but uh, I do like that angle of the story just because, oh, cool, editor went in there. I like it more as how legacy characters work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a really funny It's Robin. With Robin. There's, there's eight Robins. And you can't just draw any fucking Robin. You have got to draw Robin the way this person in a mask who's just a plain-faced little boy who's been drawn a thousand right. times by a you, thousand you can't people. You can't draw the same plain-faced, black-haired little boy the exact yes. same way as the other plain-faced, exactly. black-haired little boy. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just had to go back and, like, <laughs> drop a foot off his height to make him Damien well, instead of Well, he dropped 10. that, and he changed the hair. It's really about the True hair. True enough. Uh, there's an article out on Bleeding Cool where they made the comparisons, and it's his face uh, too. Damien has a lot has a lot rounder of a face, yeah. apparently. Yeah, it's almost like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You can tell which turtle is which by like the attitude on their face. If they're doing Rock it well, on. yeah, you should be able yeah. to tell even if you can't see the mask color. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, excellent choice. Always a great book. I didn't want to put two Tom Taylor books on my top three, and I had a lot more. But, fun and with and Dark honestly, Man. like I said before, like this is this was kind of. Uh, this was a top-heavy week in comics. The, yeah. the top two were great, but the rest of them were just kind of okay. In the, in the middle, as far yeah. as I was okay, yeah. So it was good, but could have been better. Awesome, Taylor. Honorable mentions. Um, I'll do an honorable mention for uh, Black Widow number thirteen. It was just one big fight scene, but it was pretty rad. I mean, they're jumping around skyscrapers. They. Uh, you do miss Elena Casagrande, but um, the artist they put in here for a flashback sequence, so it's you know more understandable. Um, he did a good job. He even did his own attempt at one of those uh, sprawling sequential art uh, fights. Best page of the, the whole book. For sure, yeah. Was that. I did not like the coloring on here. I get it. It was a flashback, but when the whole book is a flashback, that coloring just does not work. The coloring has to be just for the flashback part of the book. 
This part was all flashback part. I feel like they were trying to go for like a neon look because it's it like a magic part and everything. Man. But yeah, uh, you're not wrong. And it kind of works as like uh, like a neo a neon man. What's that word for that genre? It's neon action or something like that. It kind of works for that, you know. Especially the cover. You know, she's even working it in the cover with all the Asian, you know, shit in the background and the Indeed. different colors on her outfit, even though. It's not. But yeah, good choice. Always yeah. a solid book. Um, also throwing an honorable mention for uh, Dark Knights of Steel we already mentioned. Um, and I'll do my last honorable mention for Inferno number four. Oh, that's on my list, man. I'm sure that's it is. Totally um, I just didn't want to have two X books on my list for, is the main reason. But um, yeah, this was um, a good way to kind of set up a status quo moving forward, but not a lot actually happened in this book. The fight no scenes between ending. Magneto and... Uh, Nimrod were all pretty rad. Well, it yeah. was an about ending. It was about setting up. The, it was about finishing the setup. Is that it's finishing about, the yeah. beginning? Ending the beginning. That's exactly what it was. It was yeah. ending the. It was ending the setup and giving us a status quo that the X Men could live in, moving forward, forward forever. Yeah. That's well, not yeah. forever. It won't be last, forever. But well, that's for, what the last page for, is, for is however the, many years they're going to string this along. I mean, I mean the status mean, quo, like everything, eventually converges back to a status quo in comics. We know that, but I mean, it does. But what's the difference between living in a school mansion or living on an island, Krakoa? You know, I, I mean, they always had their whether it was local politics that was getting in the way or geopolitics. You know, now it's galactic politics. It's all basically the same drama with different paint. So they could keep this forever. And I like all the mutants in one place. I think that's all. Awesome. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, this was a good read. It was a good note to go out on for Hickman stuff. But the main thing holding me back for this book is I honestly never saw what the big fucking deal about keeping Moira a secret, a secret was in the first place. Like, I don't understand why that's this like earth shattering revelation for the quiet council to know that. To know that she was, that she was there. Yeah. Because they're all working off of her mutant power. Okay, sure, but they kind of they do all sorts of time travel shenanigan bullshit all the time. Anyway, why is this? Any I mean, different? you're not wrong, but there were people who were suspect of Moira, and for good reason. That was that was the whole thing. She knew that they would be suspicious of her. You know, and I guess I mean, yeah, I that is a revelation here. Is that like Moira? See, like in her heart of hearts, she really wishes there were no mutants. You know that, and that, that was, is, and that's her ultimate goal. That is right? an important revelation to be sure. So where but, is she pointing them? Where, what direction was she actually pointing them? And what is, what does this mean for mutants of Krakoa? It's like our entire shit was a fucking lie. Do they even know that? What has Emma actually told everybody? You know what I mean? Because Charles and Magneto have no fucking idea besides what Emma told them because they died before Charles could do a backup. I'm telling you, this build, this this does certainly build up. This is my number two, actually, so, you know, because we still have to get to My number two also. So <laughs> I, I think there is a whole lot more on the bone here than than what, I don't know. It This does not feel like a satisfying ending to Hickman's reign as the head of X, but it, it's this definitely does feel like that. a really good foundation moving forward with just Joe Blow from Kokomo. No bash to Joe Blow from Kokomo. You know, there's good and bad X-Books, but this seems like a good foundation moving forward. I would much rather have seen Hickman carry this out all the way to the end. Well, of course, yeah. The way he did Secret Wars. Imagine if he'd have ended that run after Infinity. That's what this feels like. Imagine. Yeah, It would I have mean... been good, 
But Infinity is so much better well, after reading Secret Wars. This you know, is the timeline we're in. You know, we just got to deal with yeah, what we do. I with. need more as last timeline where Hickman finishes the fucking run. Uh, but Adam, let's just you finish our Inferno talk. Anything yeah, else let's just on finish Inferno? it. Uh, you know, no, not really. I mean, yeah, it w- you're basically hit it on the head. It's not, it's not satisfying as an ending to Hickman's run on X Men because it's not an ending. Exactly. Um, Hickman didn't end it. He just left it going. But honestly, that's what the X-Men as a whole, they need. Uh, He created a very solid foundation for the X-Men going forward. And now, for better or for worse, we get to see whatever all these new writers and returning writers are going to be able to do with it. Um, So, you know, it. yeah, it, it... it's a difficult book because it is both a very satisfying and a very unsatisfying read. Yeah, I hate because, it. But it's number two. I hated yeah. it, but I loved it. It was, But I loved yeah. it because I, I loved everything that was in it. I loved Cypher getting one over on pretty much everybody. Yeah, Doug's the shit, man. Doug, yeah, He's Doug the is shit. the shit. His 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 posse is awesome too. We basically have three factions. Yeah, I mean, he's built up uh, quite the power base for himself, yeah, honestly. Dude. The yeah, island uh, itself, not the least of them, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I, it it don't leaves know me excited say, yeah. for the Destiny of X stuff coming forward. I am excited about that, but yeah. But I, I, I'm more ex- more interested in Immortal X-Men now. Now I have more of an idea of what it is. It seems yeah. like it's going to be kind of like a Quiet Council book. Yeah. Me too. I agree. Uh, yeah, we'll just see what happens. Uh, all right, we're way out of order. Taylor... Number three. Oh, right. Yeah, I never said my number three. Yeah, yeah. My number three was Superman, Son of kal We already talked about cool, that, so cool, we can move cool. on. Yeah, fantastic You can book. go into your number uh, two, then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys want to sit here number two. Uh, yeah, my so number, number two... X-Men. My number two is X-Men, number six. That was my number one. Yeah, that's my number one. So, yeah, we can wrap here. Uh, <laughs> well, he, Taylor has to do his number one. I'll have one. to do my but number one. But, yeah, let's talk one. X-Men. I can't um, even imagine what his fucking number one is, but... We've fucking mentioned every fucking book. What is happening? Uh, but yeah, this was a fantastic book. This was this was better than Inferno for setting. I don't know. I will, I will say uh, my problem with this book is it does kind of feel more like an ad for stuff in the future than stuff like, going on well, now. It's generally been true for this X Men book the whole time. They are seeding, seeding, seeding. But more so than any other book in this run so far, this is doing something with something. This is definitely doing earlier. something no, with this characters. Is, this to though. me is is a seed grown, man. We've, yeah. I've been, I've been um, waiting on this Faye Long motherfucker to do something since page one issue. Yeah, oh, that not, is I'm what they started the book with. That's true. I, I'm and talking we, about the Captain Krakoa stuff. The, oh, no. The, I think the Captain Krakoa no, the Captain Krakoa stuff has been going on too. That all revolves. Oh, I know it. It's all revolving around the Earth. Uh, doing that. Story. I know. I know they've been slow building that forever, but uh, it yeah. still feels like a slow build because they're like, okay, we're going to show you Scott as Captain Krakoa, but we're not going to tell you why he's Captain. Krakoa. Oh, you're right. We're going to get that even though, out. even though we know. Well, I'm assuming he died in a public way somehow. Oh, I think I'm going to put my metaphor somewhere between you guys. 
this is not a seed that is still on the ground. It's not a seed that has grown, but it is a go. seed that is growing because we it, finally see Fei Long show up and wreck some shit. All the Fei Long shit was fantastic. Yeah. I love that he did this. It's yeah. so fucking cool. This is it's a really so cool, cool. kind of like Empire Strikes Back type of moment for Orcus and the humans here. They show up. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, you've terraformed Mars. Well, we're well, terraforming it, this thing right up your fucking asshole here on the moon. Instantly, it instantly makes that X-Men Red book a lot more interesting knowing that and this Instantaneously, yeah. yeah. It also goes back to the Summer's house on the fucking moon. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if the, mutants are, if the mutants are living on our moon, why can't we live on their moon? Yeah, suck a dick, Araka. We yeah. got this. Like, this, is, this is a great example of him escalating the threat, right? He started off with Phalon, and that was the very first thing he did on the very first pages, and now we have finally see him show up on Mars, and he has clearly established himself as a pretty serious threat. He yeah. jobbed that one Iraqi guy. Um, he has set up his moon base. and I, I um, do have kind of a complaint. I hope moving forward that the these Iraqi, the new Iraqi people that they show, they show off, they aren't just freaking jobbers, because... There have been a lot of Iraqi characters just popping up just to job to an X-Men or an X-Men villain. That's true. Cable and Cyclops took down a couple of guys in a bar. The fucking pirate guy that Wolverine was fucking with, even though he did get over pretty well. Children of the Atom, they beat up some Iraqi people. Oh, they did? Yeah. And then this one. Yeah, you're right. Um, That one guy, um, what's it, Karn, um, got jobbed by Storm. Oh yeah, sort of. Tarn. Well, yeah. sort of. Sort. No, not Tarn. Oh yeah, it was, it was Tarn. Tarn. It was Tarn. Tarn, Tarn yeah, the uncaring, yeah. But but Tarn Tarn okay, did uh did his own ass kicking in that Hellion. That's yeah, true. Though. That was like yeah. a mutual like respect. Another, I think for the anyway. Another Zeb but yeah, um, this is a guy we never heard of, but he looked imposing, and Fei Long uh just fucking toasted him in one shot. Yeah. So yeah, it is definitely establishing. Okay, here's this guy we've seen before. And he, we know that he's a big threat now, but we know that he's still got some more shit coming down the pipe. Yeah. So, and who's this Bay the Unlosing? Or that's something? a the unbeatable. Iska or... the unbeaten. Oh yeah, unbeaten. Iska the unbeaten. That's right. You should have taken her with you. If there's so yeah, should I bring the invincible person with me? Yeah, let's do that. Bring him along. Well, that's why she didn't go though, because she knew she, knew she wouldn't get win. His ass Exactly. Yeah. That's an interesting take work. on invincibility. Is that like <laughs> it's she will win? Fighting. It's weird. Yeah. He's smart enough not to fight. <laughs> I don't know if that counts, man. She's like forced to switch sides when she's going yeah. to lose. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'm yes, on your the, side now. The Fay Long shit in this was badass. I definitely want to see where it goes. But the Captain Krakoa shit in this, because of what we don't know, is just com- so compelling to me, man. They yeah. They so apparently that. they've erased Ben's mind. Yeah, and apparently Cyclops don't sit well with that. So that's putting a rift between him and Krakoa. Well, and it, do, it doesn't Council. even look like that was what was the problem with Cyclops. The problem with Cyclops is that he's not allowed to be Cyclops. So he has to be Captain Krakoa. And the reason why he was calling Ben was because he was going to snitch on the X-Men. He was going to be like, hey, no, resurrection is a thing. So he could be Cyclops again. So I think that's a big revelation that Cyclops is willing to to sell out all of Mutantum just so he can be himself again. Ah, man. It's wild. There's got to be more to it, man. I also want to see how his fucking outfit works, right? How is he flying around and shit? 
Man, that's the Plants. least. That's something that we hardly even need to think about. They got all sorts of. I want to. I want to know. I'm sure they'll get around to it. But yeah, Adam's right. This is definitely some like he has like the fucking wing seed or something, and like the fucking like disguise like herb or something on his mask. I'm thinking that Forge built him something from Krakoan Tech, where his beams power other shit. Between Forge and Krakoa, they can hand wave away anything they decide to do at this point. No shit. Oh, so yeah, Pepe Larraz still killing it on that art. So. Uh, yeah, great couple of X-Books. Uh, so those are our number ones, except for Taylor. Taylor, what is this surprising number one you've got this week? My is number all- one is One Star Squadron number two. This book was heavy, man. It was. Um, this book continues to kind of like look at what it would be like for it have superheroes to kind of live in this gig economy, right? It's like an exploration of capitalism. It's an exploration of like people trying to do good in the world, but getting kind of beaten down by the world instead. The main reason this is number one is because of a few panels towards the end of the book um, where um, Minuteman has been basically thrown into comic book jail, as they call it here. Yeah. And like, they're like, okay, you got the one phone call. And um, he's like thinking about who he's going to call. And I'm quoting from the book here, uh, someone who still has my back. Just give me a minute. I'll think of someone. But then the next panel he's crying because he realizes he can't think of a single person to call to come pick him up from comic book jail. Yeah. That comic though, that panel especially hit me hard. That's the most heartbreaking, tragic thing I can remember reading in a damn long while. Read more Lemire. But anyway, it, I can't argue with you. It was a fantastic issue. Uh, I, I, Mark Russell wrote himself into the book, which was weird. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah, he was at the uh, he was at the con that uh, Minuteman was at. Yeah. Uh, but Minuteman goes. His power is he takes a a, a pill and he has powers for. Oh yeah, and like apparently, like he can't get his hands on the real stuff anymore, so he's having to like get like the bootleg shit from a and drug dealer on the street. Seconds. Yeah, <laughs> so he goes to birthday parties and, let, and lets kids hit him with hammers, so he doesn't time it right because he doesn't know it's going to end, and he ends up getting his ass kicked by a bunch of kids like accidentally. Uh, I mean, that's more of the like absurd shit going on in this. It sort of levels out, almost balances out just the heartbreaking shit going on. Red Tornado has an emergency at home and literally gets thrown, gets fired almost, basically. Well, yeah, uh, Power Girl really showing, like, herself to be the real villain here. I mean, I like the whole thing where, like, she's talking, she's trying to, like, stir up dissent amongst the others. Like, if it had been me, I would have picked you two. And then she talks to two separate people later. If it had been me, I would have picked you two. You know, it's just how two-faced she is in that, too, you know. Very uh, out of character for Power Girl. This is definitely not in continuity, but sure, um, sure. but they throw yeah, Lex Luthor in here with the whole uh, competing hero. Yeah, act. and you have like yeah the villains who show up to do the same gig, and they don't even care. They're just like shooting the shit together, you know. Oh, it's wild, dude! It's wild. Yeah, uh, it's but Mark yeah. Russell doing Mark Russell shit, man. It yeah. gets lost in the weeds sometimes. He also had uh, Not All Robots number five come out this week, which is basically the same shit. You know, just critiques of capitalism under the guise of comic book sci-fi uh he's awesome he's awesome uh but yeah it was a great week uh for books it's gonna be even better next week we're gonna talk about those books tomorrow night please come back and hang out uh thanks for hanging out if you like what we're doing check out the bullies they got a show coming on later tonight Leroy and eli will be talking about a bunch of, of cool stuff uh big willie i think is still doing stuff you know throughout the week uh we got 
links go to ourgeeky.com with links of a bunch of shit we got going on you know all the time different social media and stuff uh but yeah everybody we're gonna do it again next week we're gonna do it again tomorrow uh but thanks for listening everybody uh but most of all thanks to these three jokers for hanging out with this joker well two jokers only there two are only two of us yeah. whatever fuck off we're gonna do it again next time same geek time same geek channel you can't even fucking count us i can't I was talking on one. one oh. Eli commented enough that he might count as another. Joke. Yeah. yeah.